0: These are the resurrection stories, and we love resurrection stories, don't we? Why? Why do we love these kinds of stories so much? Something about stories of hope, being resurrected in peace and joy, um, just it draws us in. It touches our hearts. It, I don't know, for me, I, my own faith gets strengthened. Does your faith get, like, strengthened When you hear these kind of stories, I know that happens in my life. We are week three in a series called Resurrection Stories. We are looking at the stories of Jesus' appearance after the cross, before his ascension. Uh, Three weeks ago, John 20 Mary Magdalene, I looked at that story two weeks ago. Jody, the other women involved in the story. In John 20, John speaks specifically about Mary Magdalene. In Luke 24, where we're going to be today, uh, Luke tells the story. There's a lot more women there. And Jody spoke about the other women two weeks ago. Today, I'm going to pick up from that story in Luke 24, the, uh, the road to Emmaus story. Uh, these resurrection stories are revelation that Jesus is alive. Um, First 12 verses, I I won't uh, touch on, but I want to mention just a couple of things in the first 12 verses of Luke 24, that famous angelic line, the women at the garden tomb, this line from an angel, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has, tell me, risen. He has risen. Church people like to put indeed on the end of it. Or, as we say sometimes at Tours, for show, he has risen. But the angel said, he has risen. He has risen, that famous line. And then, and then, what do the women do after the line? Well, they go back to tell the story. They're so infused with hope and joy and wonder. They, they go back to tell the story to who? To the disciples. But the huge bummer about that story is verse 8, Luke 24, it seemed like nonsense to them. These are the, these are the 11 now. Judas, is, Judas left, Last Supper, John 13 to 16, we know that story, the 11 and other disciples. They go back and they say, Jesus wasn't in the tomb and an angel was literally there and he said, He is not here, he has risen, and no one believed him. Huge huge bummer, would you guys agree with that? They were so stuck in their fear, which cast doubt in their minds, and it seemed like nonsense to them. And two of the disciples that were there, that heard the women's testimony, leave Jerusalem, and they walk the seven miles to their hometown, which is a place called Emmaus, Hence the famous story, the road to Emmaus, two disciples walking home, doubting, struggling, afraid, wondering. I love this story in the text. We're going to kind of piece it together a bit by bit. So I'm going to pick up after the women had proclaimed the testimony It seemed like nonsense to them. Cleopas and his buddy like, well, I guess we should just go home. And so they walk from Jerusalem back to their hometown. Verse 13, now that same day, the same day, the first Easter Sunday, that same day, two of them, two of the disciples were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Can you, uh, can you believe like, huh? hey, guys, what are y'all talking about? What's happening here? Jesus himself. If you don't think Jesus has a sense of humor, pay attention to the story. It just gets better from here. What are you guys talking about as you walk along the road? And they stood still, and their faces were downcast. And one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem? And do not know the things that have happened there in the last days? And Jesus said, what things? <laughs> right? I thought it was funny too. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I love this scene. They're walking, talking, processing it seemed like nonsense to them, discouraged, afraid, all the things. Tangled ball of emotion, right? Jesus following them comes up to them. Hey, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, in my paraphrase, bro, bro. Or like, she's bro, she's dude. Like, what are, you, are you kidding me right now? Are you, are you really kidding me right now? Like, you don't know all the things that have been happening, all the things that have been happening here in Jerusalem over the last days? And then Jesus says, well, what, what, what things? I just, I think Jesus is having a little fun here. I just, I think he is. <clears throat> now, here's what I want to connect for you. These two guys had really good friends that told them that Jesus' body wasn't in the tomb And that an angel literally showed up and said, he has risen. Why do I make that connection? Look in, if you have your Bible open, look in verse 9. I didn't read these verses, but in verse 9, when the women go back after they were at the tomb, it says, they came back from the tomb and they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others, all the others that were there. Look down to thirteen. Now that same day, two of them—two of who? Two of all the others that were there, that were hearing the testimony and agreeing together. This is nonsense. We're walking back home. They had good friends. They didn't believe. their, Their good friends told them the story, and they didn't believe. And they were. And then Jesus shows up, and that whole funny scene happens. And then it says in the text that they were kept from recognizing Jesus, which makes me wonder what kept them from recognizing him. Perhaps, perhaps Jesus came back without that flowy, like, product hair with some blonde highlights and the, you know, the manicured beard. You guys didn't think that was funny. Oh, well. Uh, there was a picture of that in the narthex of the church I grew up in. Anyway, y'all didn't think that was funny? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Some scholars believe that maybe the resurrected Christ, like his physical traits were different. My, here's what I wonder. I know in my life when I am struggling with grief and doubt and fear that my vision gets foggy. And I wonder if that's what kept them from recognizing Jesus. They didn't recognize him. And that whole scene happens. We'll keep reading verse 19. What things, he asked. Well, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people and the chief priests and our rulers, our Jewish rulers. They handed Jesus of Nazareth over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amaze us and they went to the tomb early in the morning, but they didn't find his body and they came and told us that he had seen that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. They are literally preaching the gospel of Jesus to Jesus. <laughs> but they aren't believing the message. I mean, you read that I go, that's the gospel. And they're telling this stranger the gospel, but they are wrestling because they're so clouded by their doubt and their fear and their grief. And they came and they said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but they did not see. Verse 25, and Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe. We had hoped. Faces were downcast. How slow of heart to believe in that space. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Verse 27, Excuse me, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. What scriptures did he explain? Tell me. The New Testament hadn't been written yet, the Gospels hadn't been written yet. He explained to them the scriptures. What were the scriptures? the Old Testament scriptures about the coming Messiah, Jesus. And I go, man, what a powerful, amazing scene. Verse 21, we had hoped that Jesus was the one to redeem Israel. They had lost their hope. H- have you ever in your life, in your situation, in your story, in your journey, said that phrase. I had hoped that God... I had hoped. And perhaps it's similar to this story. They had hoped that Jesus was the one to redeem Israel. He was the one that redeemed Israel, but the redemption wasn't the way that they expected or wanted him to redeem Israel. Have you ever lost hope? If you've ever lost hope and you've been around God and you've been a disciple of God, but you've lost hope, you're in good company with the story today. And I would say you're in good company with with the pastor today. I know I have lost hope. I would tell you that I have gone to the precipice in my my journey, the precipice of hope, and I have peered out over the ledge and looked at a life without hope, a life without God. And I will tell you, it terrified me. You see, doubt The doubt of those two disciples, they had lost their hope, their brokenness of their life. It was clouding so many things. Their face was downcast, which gave way to slow of heart to believe. Think, Think about this. These were disciples of Jesus. These were followers of Jesus. And they had missed, this is like before the, Cross before the cross happened, Jesus many times in the gospels would teach his disciples that he was going to suffer and die. He had told them that, and they missed it. So they missed the truth that Jesus came to suffer before the crucifixion, which is why he said in verse 26 Did not the Christ have to suffer and then enter his glory? And now, and now. They missed the truth that Jesus would have to suffer suffer before the cross, and now they're literally in the presence of the resurrected Jesus, and they were missing Jesus himself. To which I wrote in my notes, but God, but God in his grace, but God in his mercy showed up in a real, gracious, merciful, loving, patient pursuing way in this story it doesn't say but God in the text but it's there if we have eyes to see there are one-third of the psalms 150 psalms one-third of the psalms are lament psalms and every lament psalms begins with a crying out an ache a complaint before God this is the reality of where I am and what I'm, what I'm dealing with in my life. And every lament psalm transitions with the, with the phrase yet or but God. And then it lends itself to but yet I will hope in God. There's a transition in that journey of lament and we see it also in this passage and it's in verse 27. Here's the but God and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said and all the scriptures concerning himself. I wonder how long that took. Right? That took a while. There was some space there. Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Jesus wasn't in a hurry. He unpacks the entire Old Testament. Remember that story? Yeah, yeah, Remember that story? That story was about Jesus the Christ. Remember that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That story also about Jesus the Christ. And he unpacks every story. Jesus is the interpretive key to the entire Old Testament. Everything points to Jesus. This is why Paul says, 2 Corinthians 1:20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are a yes in Christ. These guys were believers, but they were struggling with believing. They're believers, but they're struggling with. They had they had hope, but now but now the hope was was it was shaky. You know what I'm saying? And they needed a revelation that Jesus was alive. They needed their blind eyes to see, and that's exactly what they got. The story gets better and better and better. And so as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus walked seven, six-ish, somewhere in there. Like he went on this long journey, unpacking the scriptures all the way to Emmaus, They approached the village to which they were going. Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So So he went in to stay with them. But God. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he began to give it to them. Then... Then, through verse 31, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. <laughs> it's like they had eyes to see, they, they knew it was the Lord, and Luke just, and he, Jesus was gone. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with us, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and those with them and they were all assembled together. And when they bust in the room, the disciples and the the group there in Jerusalem, they were saying, they walk in the door and this is what the group told Cleopas and his friend. They're like, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two of them told what had happened to them on the way to Emmaus and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. I mean, I wonder. I notice that they saw Jesus when he broke bread. Did you catch that when I was reading it? But I wonder what happened that caused them to see Jesus. John 6, Jesus gives one of his famous I am statements. There's eight I am statements in the Gospel of John. John 6 is one of them. I am the bread of life. And if you come and if you believe, you will not be hungry, you will not be thirsty again. Maybe that, maybe that. Um I don't believe that Cleopas and his friend were at the last supper but don't you think that the disciples told all that story to that community of disciples and how he broke the bread? He goes, and he said, this is my body broken for you. And this this cup is a cup of the new covenant. It's my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Like, don't you think that the disciples told all the other disciples about that story? They were all gathered together for three days I don't think that's a stretch. And perhaps when Jesus broke the bread and gave it to them, perhaps they saw his hands. It's the Lord. And he's gone. I'm not sure, but what I know is true is they were blind and now they could see. They were sad, but now they were full of joy. They had hoped and now they were full of hope. They immediately go back to Jerusalem, seven miles. Do you think they walked or do you think they ran? I think, I think they ran. Maybe they, maybe they ran, but sometimes I, I literally hate running, like hate running. So sometimes if I'm trying to discipline myself to run, i like run for two minutes and then I'll walk for a minute. It still makes me feel good about myself that I'm running a little bit. I don't know how it went, but I I certainly believe they hurried and they bust in. And before they could even say anything, they bust in the room, and the disciples are like, He's alive, you appear to Simon. And they're like, We know, we know, how do you know? And they tell the story. Verse uh, 35 says they told, Cleopas and his friend, they told what happened on the road. The Greek word there means fully known and rehearsed. Can you see them rehearsing the details of the story over and over and over? Tell us again, Cleopas. Oh my gosh, are you serious right now? Do you think that that scene was like, tell us again, Cleopas? <laughs> I think it was wild. Don't you, don't you agree it was wild. Do you think there was high fives and hugs and jumping up and down and crying with joy? Oh my gosh. We must never stop telling the resurrection story and our own stories. Because the work that God was doing on that day in that place, restoring hope, restoring peace, restoring joy, opening people's eyes that from death to life, he's still doing today, here, now. The Psalm says this, Psalm 107, verse one and two. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord Say so, the resurrection story resurrects my story. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from trouble. Worship team, you guys can come back up. We're going we're gonna to worship out of that story, amen? Uh, but I got to tell you the rest of this story from Luke 24. This is the rest of the story. Any Paul Harvey people, any older people like me, Paul Harvey, the rest of the story? Here's the rest of the story. While they were still talking about this, Cleopas, his friend, the disciples, all the people, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened and thinking that they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, which for me just says, have you ever been in that place before where you're like, this is unbelievable. Like it's like right in front of you. It's like, oh, ah. it's like they were so overcome with joy. It was unbelievable. They were marveling at the reality that Jesus was with them. And he said to them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it in their presence. The progression of the story today, they had hoped, face downcast. Right, struggling to believe. God manifests his presence in a real way. Peace I give you. Joy. Restored hope, peace, joy. This is this is the story in Luke 24. It's also Caroline's story. It's also Reneal's story. It's also my story. I heard a song coming to church today and i don't know who's saying it i don't know the name of it it basically just said something like this is not just a story these are living breathing testimonies i believe it i believe it who sings that that's a fantastic song i believe it and i i i i just i just want to speak belief here and i want to remind anyone here whose face is downcast was wrestling with things like, I had hoped that God would. Where are you? I want to remind you of this truth in the story. While they were doubting, while they were afraid, while they were walking away in disbelief, Jesus followed them. Sometimes in, you know, Christian circles, we talk about following Jesus. Well, in this story today, Jesus followed them. And Jesus is following you, but God. You you know the scripture. Psalm 23, no matter where you are, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter how long your face has been downcast, Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord of glory, what did you say? The hound of heaven, peace give to you worship um, prayer ministry people are going to be here our worship team is going to lead us again a couple songs would you stand together and let us worship the lord of glory and proclaim the testimony that he is alive and he is with us